Fierce Women Writing is a partner of We Need Diverse Books, a nonprofit that advocates for diversity in children's and young adult publishing at every level. They have many programs that support this mission, including grants, mentorships, and retreats for writers, classroom book giveaways, an app for diverse book recommendations, and others. Learn how you can help them put more books featuring diverse characters into the hands of all children at weneeddiversebooks.org. Welcome to Fierce Women Writing, the podcast where female voices are elevated, creativity is ignited, and writers are inspired. I believe that stories can enlighten, heal, and entertain the reader and the writer. First, the writer has to quiet their doubts long enough to get the words on the page. I'm here to help you put your doubts away and focus on your creativity. Every day I talk to writers and would-be writers who aren't writing. They're not writing because they don't think they're good enough, because they've been rejected, don't have time, or don't know where to start. That's why I created this show, so that you can hear from other writers who want to inspire you to share the stories that only you can tell. I'm Sarah Gallagher. Come write with me. Hey there, Fierce Writers. Today's guest is Amy Solomon. Amy Solomon is a producer on HBO Silicon Valley and Barry. She currently runs Alec Berg's production company, where she develops content for film and television. She lives in Los Angeles. Here's Amy Solomon reading from Notes from the Bathroom Line. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to read the introduction. I grew up obsessed with Gilda Radner, as in worship at a homemade shrine next to my bunk bed, believe I'm her reincarnated level obsessed. My high school peers were hanging out and making out while I was hogging my family's shared desktop computer, trolling eBay for anything Gilda related I could get my hands on. My first experiences with sex, drugs, and rock and roll were all staggeringly delayed due to this behavior. Eventually, I came across a book from 1976 called Titters, the first collection of humor by women, edited by Deanne Stillman and Ann Beats. It had a piece in it by my beloved Gilda, but also ones by Phyllis Diller, Candace Bergen, Lorraine Newman, and tons more genius women in comedy. Titters was 192 pages of essays and parody and fiction and satire and cartoons and even paper dolls, and it blew my mind. Gilda and Titters were powerful gateway drugs, and I became addicted to funny women. I went to college, and they were everywhere. I moved to L.A., and they were everywhere. I got to live my dream of working in comedy, and they were everywhere, though for the record, we could definitely make room for more. But it kept bugging me, where was the next collection of humor by women? Selfishly, I wanted another. Women were publishing brilliant things individually, but I wanted them all in one spot. One of the things I loved about Titters was that in bringing all of those pieces together, it became a time capsule of sorts. It gives you such a visceral sense of its wild era, and all through humor, which I think is our most honest and illuminating lens. I felt like it was time to do that for this wild, read, bonkers, insane, terrifying era of our own, and so I set out to commission pieces from my favorite women in comedy today. And now, approximately 500,000 emails later, you're holding all of them or listening to me on this podcast. Notes from the Bathroom Line is a book of new, never before published writing and art by so many of my favorite women in comedy today. I hope it confirms that the women you already loved are indeed brilliant and that it introduces you to women who become your new obsessions. This book is by a woman, but by no means just for women. It's about anything and everything. And there are more than 100 pieces that range from essays to fiction to cartoons to sheet music to much more. I encourage the contributors to write about whatever was on their minds, and I'm hoping it resulted in a 
hilarious time capsule of our own. If you agree, please shout it from the rooftops. If you disagree, please keep it to yourself. I have sunk way too much time into this. I'm so excited for you to read this book, but to be honest, I'm a little sad to be done with it. I'm an unabashed fan of all these women, and collaborating with them was a joy from start to finish. They were so generous with their time and their talents, and their excitement in recommending other gals they're fans of and seeing one another's contributions was life-affirming and infectious. I live to recommend things to people, namely bookstores, things to do in Chicago, and my amazing allergist in Los Angeles, but the women in this book are my favorite thing to recommend yet, and I hope you love them as much as I do. Love and Gilda forever, Amy. Thank you so much for reading for us today. Welcome to the show, Amy. Thank you for having me. I'm such a fan. Amy, what are the ideal conditions for you to write? So I think the first thing is my dogs need to be adequately exercised. (laughs) If they're (laughs) not yet, I'm too much. I'm just like, do they are they beg, do they really want to go on a walk like what's going on so i just like need them to be like so sleepy and exercised so that's the first thing um i've been trying to honor that sometimes it's just i'm not feeling it um and so i've been trying to like if i'm not feeling it like maybe it's time to go for a hike or maybe it's time to take a nap honestly usually a nap over a hike um but yeah, I guess the conditions are like when I'm feeling it. And I'm trying to be like true to that. If I'm not feeling it, it might not be the time. If I'm feeling it at 10 p.m., that's okay. What do you do to nurture your creativity? I think just to consume other culture. I think that if you're just trying to work on your own thing and you're not being inspired by other amazing stuff, you just get in this horrible echo chamber. Um, I think I want, I have to want to be a part of the conversation. So if I'm watching amazing movies and listening to great podcasts and reading amazing stuff, then I'm like, I got to get in there because I'm jealous. Um, so I think it's, yeah, it's just constantly consuming stuff. Sometimes I'll realize like I've, yeah, LA is, you always hear people from LA talking about when they're driving because all we do is drive. But Whenever I'm driving and I'm like, oh, wait, the last 20 minutes was just silence of me in my head. Like, why wasn't I listening to an audiobook or something like that? So I think consumption is important for me. What's your best writing tip? Okay. So I am like maybe the biggest believer in fun pens <laughs> and markers. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I really think if you're like excited about a pen, it can really change things. Um, I also, I had, in college, I went to college and one of my writing professors basically was like, you write the way a Chicago politician speaks, which was <laughs> not a compliment. <laughs> it was like colloquial and weird and messy. And so they basically encouraged me to like write by hand, which really changed things for me. And I still go back to it a lot. And I think if when you're first starting something, if you can sit down with a pen and paper and ideally a really fun pen that you're excited about and like be just it's so it's so much more intentional than typing sometimes um so I think a pen to paper can be incredibly helpful and then for editing too printing and going at something with like a purple marker can make it so much more fun what's your biggest writing challenge right now I get really caught up on you know we're all living through this pandemic don't know if you've heard about it the pandemic (laughs) um (laughs) feeling like someone said this, you know, like if I, if I'm wanting to write about what's going on right now, I was trying to write something about how many 
Zoom funerals I've watched during the pandemic, which I think a lot of people have experienced. And did you know that Zoom calls them funerals, which is the worst thing in the world? But Ugh. I was just like, why do why do I have to say this? I'm sure someone else has said this. And then you start to Google it and like try to make sure that nobody else has. And just like, I think I get, I have trouble trusting that like I have something unique to say. Um, and this hasn't necessarily been said before and no one can necessarily say it in my voice. Um, so yeah, sometimes trusting that can be tough. What do you do when you're trying to overcome a block? I try to really step away from it. And I feel like sometimes we say that and we're like, okay, well, I'm going to take the day off from this. But sometimes you need like a weekend off or to like really throw yourself into something else. Um, and just, I really believe in your like brain sort of subconsciously percolating on it. They always used to say in school, like if you're trying to memorize something, always do it before bed because your brain works on it while you're asleep. Um, mm. And I really think that's true. I think if you can really put it away, your brain's still going, but if you can really put it away and start doing something else, I feel like the t by the time you come back to it, your brain's done some work and it's like, thank you. I appreciate that. What about editing and revising tips? I do it a lot for my regular work, but this book was like an enormous crash course in it. Um, and I will say, I guess this is my slogan, but like a fancy pen goes a long way. <laughs> Getting it print. I don't have a printer at home and I go to this place in Los Feliz in LA called Copycat, which is like this cute little printer place. And like going and getting something printed and being intentional and then like going, like sometimes taking it to the park and like sitting on a blanket and like marking it up with a pen and like really thinking about it before I start to blabber incoherent sentences yeah. at the author. I like you want to come back to someone with a like actual smart thought, not just like your first instincts. Um so it made me editing others made me realize that sitting and slowly thinking about it and like forming what you think about it is good for yourself too. Um like, don't just like, it's not just first thought, oh shit, this first sentence isn't working. Like read the piece, like be slow, have your pen and like think about what you think about it, like holistically. Okay. But so now we have to know what kinds of pens and markers you like. <laughs> okay. I like literally anything. <laughs> I just, my boyfriend and I are so obsessed with like going to little stores and being like, ooh, they sell a pen and then trying it. Um, it's a lot. I wish I had a more specific one that I like, but I just, I just like trying lots of different ones. I don't like too thick. I definitely like a pretty narrow, like I, I you know, they all, all those ballpoint pens have like 0.8 and whatever. Um, but yeah, I like to try lots of different ones. Tell me about the relationship between your physical and mental health and your writing. Mm, I don't think a lot about that. I probably should think about it way more. I mean, I know that I'm better when I sleep. Like that is so clear. Um, I really tried to like, I like put my phone away at night and have read a book and not be looking at stupid Instagram stories and stuff like that. So when I'm prioritizing that, I know that that's better. And then I think just, I, I will say a, walking my dogs is just like such a big part of my life. And when we're going on like long, satisfying walks where my phone is away and we're just 
of course the pandemic has made this worse because it's just like desperately trying to find places where terrible people who aren't in their masks are not there. Um, but when I'm like satisfying them and going on these nice long walks and we're all, you know, fulfilled by it afterwards, like I think that that's what I'm feeling best. Would you tell us about your experience with publishing? Yeah. So this was my first experience and it was truly wild. Um, Basically, at first it was really frustrating because I was pitching this book where I was like, I want all of these women in comedy to write whatever they want, but it all is going to be new writing. It's not just going to be recycled stuff that's been published before. And the first instincts from most agents and editors was that anthologies don't sell. And I don't know much about if that's true. I guess it might there's some something true to it if they were all saying it, but they basically were just like no one wants an anthology that just doesn't work. And I was frustrated because I felt like it was misreading what I was pitching, which it's not really an anthology. It's like, you know, often you'll get you'll buy a book of short stories by an author you love and it's like already ones you've read because they were published in the New Yorker or wherever. But this was like all new writing by all these women. And I didn't think they understood kind of the reach of like 150 of these women in comedy who have, who are, have like huge followings on Twitter and podcasts and all of that. So at mm-hmm. first it was frustrating, but then that turned into sort of like, I want revenge and I want to show these people um, that they were absolutely wrong. <laughs> but so <laughs> um, I usually find that revenge is like the most satisfying um, motivator for me. But um, so then my I, I found a lovely agent who, who the first one had been like anthologies don't sell. And I was like, you're wrong, but okay. And then, and also for the record, the book hasn't come out and they may be right. Like it might just (laughs) absolutely go down in flames. But so then my lovely agent Brandy was like, let's try it. No, I believe in this. And she was amazing. And she got like, she, her big childhood crush was on Dan Aykroyd. So she understood my Gilda thing and it was awesome. So Mm. we pitched it to a bajillion places and only one, wanted to do it and it was Harper Design who do these gorgeous like full color illustrated books so they have like a history of the Golden Girls and um, like a history of like Winnie the Pooh and lots of cool like beautiful books and I wanted all new all color art in it so they were Mm. so I was lucky that she kept saying like we just need one to say yes and I was like true true I mean I would prefer a billion bid on it but okay Um, but yeah so they said yes and then I mean I think the thing I learned is you just have to fight for everything you believe in the whole time. There were like, Mm. they were lovely to work with. And like my editor was incredible and it was like a huge team of women that worked on it, which was so cool. But like, you know, you have to fight. There was like questions about the subtitle. There were questions about the cover. There were questions about like, were a couple of these pieces like a little bit raunchy, like that kind of thing. And you just have to like stick your, like put your foot down and be like, I believe in this. Um, and so, and a couple friends who are published who had warned me of that, but like, oh my God, it was so true. But um, yeah, it was wild. It, it's a lot like TV in that it's slow as hell. Um, but it was, yeah, I don't know. It was an amazing experience. And I think I would take some time before I ever did it again. But yeah. Who are one or two other women writers or creators we should be aware of right now? Oh, yes, totally. Okay, so this is my whole passion in life, so it's hard to just do two. Um, One is in the book is one of my best friends in the world. His name is Catherine Cohen, um, and her book of poetry is called God, I Feel Modern Tonight, and it comes out in February, and it's incredible. Um, 
she's so funny and it like she's a comedian and she's totally amazing and i think most people are like it's so funny but it's also so well written i love poetry and she's amazing and then not in the book but my favorite book of 2020 which i don't feel like got enough um attention was this book the undocumented americans i don't know the lady at all but her name's Car- carla cornejo villavicencio and she's uh, was undocumented herself and basically when trump was elected was like i am going to go and report on the lives of undocumented immigrants and show what that like is actually like and she writes she also sort of because she's undocumented herself, gets really involved in a lot of these people's lives. And it's sort of about how she can't really (laughs) maintain journalistic integrity. She like can't keep herself away. Oh, it's so good. So everyone has to read that. And where can listeners find you online? Yeah. So I'm at Amy Beth Saul um, on both Instagram and Twitter. Every Tuesday, I post about a bunch of the women in the book and highlight what they're doing and stuff. And then you can learn more about the book at notesfromthebathroomline.com. Now it's time for our writing prompt. I suggest setting a timer for six or eight minutes, putting the prompt at the top of your page, and free writing whatever comes to mind. Remember, the important part is keeping your pen moving. You can always edit later. Right now, we just want to write something new and see what happens. Yeah, so in the book, there are a bunch, I had a bunch of group questions where I would give them a prompt and a ton of the women in the book answered it. And I think the one that got the most interesting results was, um, what's the story of the time you've laughed the hardest? And um, yeah, so that's the prompt. I think it's a really fun one because it's often like, you know, when you're telling a story of some time you laughed, it's like, oh, you clearly had to be there. (laughs) And everyone's just like, I don't quite understand it. But if you can like actually get us there and understand all these women, you'll have to read the book, but you'll see that all these women, I laugh so hard reading these stories of the time they laugh the hardest. So yeah, that's the prompt. I just love how Amy Solomon created the anthology that she wanted to read. Notes from the Bathroom Line just published this week, and there's a link to buy it in the show notes. My favorite takeaways from this episode are, don't work inside an echo chamber consistently inspire yourself with other people's art. And for goodness sakes, get yourself some fun pens to write and edit with. (laughs) I'm Sarah Gallagher, and this is Fierce Woman Writing. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode. Until then, keep writing. Become a supporting member of the podcast with a monthly contribution at FierceWomenWriting.com. Get more writing prompts and engage with other writers on our Instagram page at FierceWomenWriting. Remember, women is spelled with an X. You can also help us reach more writers by sharing this episode with a friend and subscribing, downloading, and reviewing the podcast. Thank you for listening.